Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. Our next gathering is Advance on the 23rd and the 24th of September. We have special guests Lily and Abe DeFin, Kent Maddox and Trevor Baker. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. The title of my message is Watch the Weight of Your Words. And I've got some weights. I've got a handy. Oh, there he is. But you'll be hearing some weights and some burdens that I feel God wants to set you free from today. Yes, today. He's supernatural God and he can do a wonderful work in your heart. He's done it for me. He's done it for uh, people. Even let me just tell you a quick testimony before I get into the word. Last Sunday, some people had come forward for ministry and laying on of hands and they said, we're having a tough time at home. And we can. Week five of the summer holidays, it can get tough, can't it? My mums and dads, where are we? Grandparents, aunties who are doing the, the baby care, whatever we're calling it nowadays. They said, it's tough at home. We're losing it with one another. And I said, how about we start a journey of forgiveness? They came to me just this morning. So we prayed, we've connected through the week. We've uh, really encouraged them. They came to me this morning and they said, we've had a wonderful week. Yes, God, you can do all things. So I'm excited for that. And I know that this journey of forgiveness is one that works out at home. It works out here in the house of God and it works out wherever your feet will take you. So yeah, I told you already that God already sees your future. He sees where where you are today. He sees your past and he brings you freedom. We think we can do it ourselves or we become fixated on our past and it stops us from moving into the plans that God has for us. I want to give you some biblical truths. I want to give you some life stories. I want to give you stories of freedom where you will flourish. Do you want to flourish? Good. Do you want to step boldly into the call that God has for you? I know, I know you said yes in your hearts. Do you want to know that God is good to you? I feel that these questions you may answer or you may be nodding in your heart. I can see your faces. You're sat forward, you're ready. Let's jump in. Matthew 13. And I am bringing you this story because it's a story that triggered a thought last week. You know, when Ryan was preaching, he was preaching on weeds. I'm not a great gardener, so forgive me if I get any gardening things wrong. But Jesus sounds like a master gardener, so we can go with that. Ryan was talking about weeds that are stubborn and get rooted in our heart. He also said there's young weeds that can be pulled out just like that. So I want to talk to you about the the weeds that can grow in our heart. Watch the weight of your words. We're going to go there. The words can be like weeds too. There was another message a few weeks ago about the scent of glory and putting God on display that Trevor was bringing to you all. And these are things I feel that God is right in the midst of. So let's jump in. Matthew 13, verse 24. This is Jesus. He was giving another parable and he liked to speak in parables because it made sense. 
I love it when Jesus makes sense to me. <laughs> I ask that he'd reveal even more. So there's so many ways of reading this parable. Let's jump in, verse 24. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and he sowed seeds among the wheat and he went away. When the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared also. The servant of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said, an enemy has done this. The servant said, then do you want us to go and gather them up? He said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, bind them into bundles to be burned and gather the wheat into my barn. I could read it again for context, but I'm going to pull a few things out of this for you. What we can see is that there's weeds and there's wheat, that they were planted in the night time when they were sleeping. The enemy crept in and he planted weeds. What actually, when I've gone deeper into this word, those weeds weren't any kind of weed. They were called darnel, and that is a weed that is actually poisonous, and if you eat it, it will make you sick. Sounds a bit like unforgiveness. Sounds a, a bit like having a wounded heart. Sounds a bit like what God can set us free from. And so in the separation, that there is a freedom for you. Is this making sense to some hearts this morning? I see you nodding. So at night, the enemy kept in, crept in. He was out of sight. And, you know, there were, it was only noticeable that the weeds were growing when they'd come to the harvest. And I believe this is a significant word. September for us is like a harvest season. It's the beginning of our uh, new year, if you're following the Hebraic calendar. It's the beginning time for academics. It's the beginning time where new things can start again. Back in the day, was it like 20 years ago? I trained to be a, a teacher. Um, and so there's this part of me that looks forward to September. It feels like a begin again, a harvest here in the story, the wheats and the weeds had to be grown to the fullness before there could become the separation. They could only be noticed when they were fully grown. And I believe that there is a word for us this morning that we can ask, why are weeds being planted? What weeds are being planted? And to watch the weight of these weeds. You know, the enemy comes to kill, kill, to steal, and to destroy, John 10, 10. But the Lord himself came to give us life in all its abundance. Another translation, exceeding abundant life. I'm going to be honest. I can't be living exceeding abundant life if I'm holding on to the weights of the past, of the weights of offense, of the weights of if only you had, you should have, I blame you, you let me down. Oh, that sounds heavy in itself. So I'm going to talk about some keys to freedom. The fruit of your life. You are not fruitless. You are meant to be fruitful. You are on display. The world is looking for your fruit. I won't read it now, but jump back. Take time this week to read Matthew 13. There's a little bit just before about the fruit and a tree and how if you plant a fig tree, you're going to get figs. If you plant a vine, you're going to get grapes. If you plant a weed, you're going to get 
weeds. There's no mixture here. And I really believe, friends, that in this harvest season I'm declaring over your life today that there is a time for fruit. I believe the world is watching. The world is looking for answers. I'm not even going to go into the whys of it. You know. People are watching to see who has got answers. I don't know if Asha's here this morning. I love Asha's story. She's a, she was at work and people were having questions. And they, they um, are several different people of different religions for answers. And do you know what? They came to church, they gave their lives, and they're part of our church. I think there's a few on holiday with the bank holiday. Um, and she, as she was telling us, I was able to tell them about Jesus. I was able to tell them so many things. And they said, we knew there was something different about you because of the way you lived and the way you acted when people had said something against you. Are you being watched? Yes. <laughs> are you living as if you are putting God on display? You're welcome to. You're welcome to show the goodness of God in the land of the living. Um, I had a story. We were just up at the dentist. Holidays, you can fit in all the things that you don't usually get tired to do with the children at school. So I took them in uh, to the dentist and there was a lady who, sat, who was sat opposite me. She had been waiting longer than me and she said, well, she just looked all sad. So I said, how are you? She's like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Everything has been going wrong. And she gave me everything that was going wrong. And it sounded so much. One of my children was called through and they said to me, you can stay, mom. You can stay and pray for the lady. And I said, I could, but I had to be in with. And at the end, we got in the car and I did tell the lady I was praying for her and that God would bring a, a breakthrough of healing into her life. And at the end, we got in the car and they're like, do you know her? I said, no. Like she talked to you as if she was known by you. And aren't we all looking to be known by someone? There's going to be so many stories I tell that are yours and that are mine, that are ours together. So keep shining, keep putting God on display. And you know what? The more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. I've got weights here. I'm meant to be using them at different points, but like I think I'm going to get forgetful with it, so we'll see. If that was a weight of a muscle that we could be lifting, I would say that that weight of um, practicing the presence of God, Brother Lawrence has a most incredible book on this, Practicing the Presence of God. And we, I read that book and it reminds me that in every single thing that we do, we get to host the presence of God. He's talking from their point of view as a washer-upper um, in a Bible school, but wherever we're seated, we can host the presence of God. And we build up our muscle in that. We build up our spiritual muscle. We build up our confidence in the Lord Jesus as we activate those words, as we activate our faith, as we activate the strength that God is giving to us. So if all you have is weeds, it's complaints, it's gossip, it's put-downs, it's leaking, it's lack of self-control, you're all out there for everyone to see. And what we want to do is to pick up some of those parts of us, some of those weeds and those words that have held us down, the weeds that have come into the wheat so that they can be separated, so that God can shine through and in you. Today, yes. Another day, yes. Every day? Yes. Every night? Yes. Is there any time you can't be doing this? No. <laughs> 
I love how God good how good God is and I love how concerned he is about our hearts that he will not leave us in one place but he will take us closer to him there's a story and there's a theme in the Bible about hard hearts and stony hearts and hearts of flesh and I just want to tell you that Jesus is so concerned with the state of your heart you can jump in and John for the, the woman at the well and in in his interactions with the woman at the well what do you see do you see her sin do you see all the men that she's had who are not her husband do you see that she should be able to do so much or not considering what space and time she's in what cultural con, um, contravention she's in what place she can and cannot say or like Jesus can we see people in the condition that they are and love them still this might be a word for you this part where you think oh but if only you knew he does and he loves you completely entirely so much so that he sent his son the Lord Jesus Christ to the cross to die on the cross to ascend again in all righteousness in all freedom to give you the gift that none of us could have deserved the gift of forgiveness so that all of our sins could be forgiven not one of them owing a debt that we could never pay all of them forgiven I'm just jumping into 1 Samuel 16 and it talks about it says the Lord said to Samuel don't look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him for the Lord sees not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart so often we can be consumed by the external by putting on a good show by putting on a mask by putting on a veneer by making ourselves look better and yet it is God himself who is so concerned about the thoughts the feelings the actions the motives of our heart and I want to take you on a little story journey to show you how God can put things on display, how he's done it for me and how I believe he can do this for you today. God wants you refined as pure gold, luminous. So what things are coming to the surface? What things are leaking out? Maybe today, maybe this week, maybe you've seen it in somebody else and you want to help them on their journey too. I've got a story for you. When I was a bit younger, like 19, a lot younger, I used to travel a lot. My parents um, also love traveling, as you know, Trevor and Sharon are right now in Worthing, they're ministering as well. So I, was, I had a life of travel in my teens and my early 20s. We still travel a bit, but not quite like this. So I was, um, I think I was 15 or 16, so I was the same age as one of my girls, and I'd gone to Toronto to the youth conference back then, Catch the Fire Church, it was just an amazing, it still is, it was an amazing place where we could go, get filled, and it's where God reminded me. I knew of my call of being a pastor when I was younger, but when he reminded me and he sent me uh, when I was 15, 16, and God spoke words about my mission and, and how I could minister to others, which I am only now stepping into, so stick with the call of God. He does not delay so there I was we were in the conference it was amazing and obviously what happens when you travel you have to go home so there we were had an amazing time I packed my suitcase I'd I don't know if I was traveling with my sister 
she's here this morning, but I don't, if, don't know if she's in this room. Elle, are we together? I'm not sure. Uh, or if it was with some friends. So there we were, a bunch of teenagers. And we arrive into Manchester. I don't know why. We used to do Manchester all the time. I'd go to Birmingham nowadays. But anyway, we land in Manchester. And uh, one of my friends grabs her suitcase off the conveyor belt. Well, first of all, it's a bit of a wait, isn't it, for the conveyor belts to start clunking into it. Okay, so then one person gets their suitcase. Takes ages, it seems. Another person, they get their suitcase. Um, we see that there's like a random shoe on the conveyor belt. <laughs> Me and my sister say to each other, oh my goodness, that's weird. Carry on for a little bit longer. Someone else gets their suitcase with five girls. Then there was a plastic bag going around the conveyor belt. And I thought, that's familiar. But hey, that's just such a shame for that person that there would be a plastic bag. Like, could they not afford a suitcase? I'm 15, okay, I had judgments carries on a little bit longer everyone else has got their suitcases and then there's like a skirt that I recognize and I'm like that's so familiar that's just the weirdest thing it would be so embarrassing if your suitcase had broken and all the contents were on the carousel I'm like oh, that person is me that was my suitcase so well. Well, my suitcase certainly did not hold it together so well, did it? What was happening? The zip. I wanted to blame the manufacturer of the zip. That's what I'm going to do. I am going to blame them. It is their problem that my suitcase got open. No, that wasn't actually right because I stuffed so much in because as well as going away for a couple of weeks, we could go to the city, we could buy clothes. So obviously it was me who was filling the suitcase beyond bursting, so it had to explode. Okay, right. I'd already had denial. That couldn't be my suitcase. It was absolutely not mine. It was someone else's. How embarrassed they'd be. I think I landed in embarrassment. I landed in, how can I cover this up? Who's going to see me now? Can I just like grab a few items and shove them in my suitcase? Can I get my suitcase? We all know what it's like to leak out for a broken zip, an emotional broken zip, maybe. For times when we, want, we say something and actually, if only I could have stopped the words, how could I have watched them a little bit better? There's so much I want to say on this story, the, the part where we know the call of God upon our life, the part where we feel equipped and so we, we add things in, we, we get everything that he's doing in us and yet if there's anything underneath that needs to be purified seven times so job 23 talks about the refining seven times so that the things that are impure we have our gold wedding rings on whatever if they were to be put in the furnace if they were to be heated it wouldn't just be gold that was there mostly gold i hope there would be some other impure metals coming to the surface and it would be refined again, refined again. Friend, are you sitting there thinking, oh, there's parts of my life that are like your open suitcase, that you think I've, I've asked the Lord to deal with this, I've squeezed it back in, but actually it feels like everything is on display. I tried to be in denial, it didn't work. I tried to cover up, I tried to be unoffended, I tried to put my blame on somebody else, and yet it's still there. Friend, I want to tell you that in Jesus, there is forgiveness for you. That there is a strategy 
that where previously it's been time wasting, previously you've had to give all your resource and all your energy, previously it's felt like you've been hidden or there's been no clarity, that actually God is doing a great work in your life. In the hidden places, that's where I'd have preferred my suitcase to have opened up. I'd have preferred it to be at home or even in the car when we were traveling to the airport. So if it had exploded in the boot, that would have been a much easier place to have sorted out a few things. Do you hear me? The secret place with the Lord Jesus. Anna, I'm not so keep, um, I don't know exactly what secret means. Okay. Devotion time with the Lord. I know some of you have been saying, I know some of our new believers have been telling me they're reading the book of Matthew. And you know, when you told me Pam, last week you were reading the book of Matthew, I thought, you know what? If she's reading the book of Matthew, I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to devour the book of Matthew. I'm going to find every single hidden place. Uh, well, I tried. Every single story that Jesus has, every single encounter with his disciples, every single red letter word, right? I've said that before. The words of Jesus are in red. It's really good because you can pray those and you were praying in partnership with the father you can pray all of the bible we do that sometimes but why did I tell you I'm reading Matthew you're reading Matthew I'm reading Matthew we're reading the scripture in our secret place times so that that is where the Lord Jesus can do works on us where he can take away those weeds those worries the words the weight and the burden of offense when we're offended we hold things against another. I asked Ryan if I was allowed to, to share some of these stories. We do that with each other because otherwise it could be a surprise, couldn't it? Because he might not have known. <laughs> We've been married now just over 18 years. And yeah, I love long marriages. Some of you were celebrated as well. So yes, I am celebrating marriages. And if we've not sent you an anniversary card, here it is. We are celebrating your anniversary. So um, previously, I always thought I was like um, not able or not qualified to give marriage advice. But hey, turning 18, if you are 18 now, you can vote, you can buy a house, you can do a whole bunch of things, can't you? So here we go. Here's some. When I was, we were newly married and then we had children about uh, three or four years into our marriage, um, I began, I loved being a stay-at-home mom, but I realized that there was a few things I started to resent about my working a lot of hours, doing what God had called him, husband. I also was doing what God had called me to. I do believe that there is a grace upon stay-at-home moms and working moms and upon motherhood and fatherhood. And I, I knew that that was my call right then. But some of those nights are long, are they not, moms? Some of those days are long. And, you know, I just wanted to, to be doing what God had asked of me. But I couldn't because I was also doing what he'd asked of me in the here and now. Yes? So um, these are some things that actually happened in our life. And do you know what? Ryan did not at that point have an idea about it. This is how subtle offense can be. He didn't say what he said he would do in the time I expected it. Ooh, maybe you're waiting on someone to reply to you and they're not replying and so you're beginning to hold an offense because they're not doing it in the same way you would. Was that actually on him? No, it was on me. My expectations are expectations can lead to offense it's like another building block where we start to build a prison or a wall around our hearts we've sorted this out 
I don't mind now if he's home at whatever time or whatever time. But if I was still in that place, oh, that wouldn't be easy, would it, Ryan? You may not want to come home very much if I would tell you off when you got home. <laughs> do you see what's happening, friends? Does this, do you like the realness of this? Okay, I hope so. He was, so if um, they're called out or someone was called emergency, had to go and do something, had to fix something, had to be somewhere. Anna, is it all right if I go out tonight? Yeah, I guess it is. It's all right. But in my heart, I'm like, oh, but I'd planned for us to have a roast dinner and then to watch the British Bake Off. So it was obviously an autumn thought. Okay. But did he know? No. Do you see what our expectations do? Is this all right, Ryan? Don't feel okay. So this is what happens. We can build up these offences and we can get hard-hearted. We can get... Oh, here's another. I'd have done that for them. <laughs> when you're waiting for, I don't know, somebody to make you a drink, or if you're waiting for somebody to ask how you are, or if you're waiting for to be taken out for a coffee or a dinner. But I'd have done that for them, and you're left waiting. And then you start to make judgments. You start to make a case for yourself as to how you're a bit better than them and how you would have done it this way and they don't. So, well, I can make a whole load of put-downs, criticisms, unhealthy thoughts. I'm speaking to you, aren't I? Offence is subtle. But what did we do? Just like the other couple I told you about, I began to speak truth. I'm feeling this. I'm going through this. If I'd have started, oh, it doesn't feel right to do it. <laughs> if I'd have started, you've let me down, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, however much they had or hadn't, actually, that's not what we need to be dealing with. What I've learned, and I'm learning, and I will learn probably today, tomorrow, and every day for the rest of my life, I'm only in control of myself. And sometimes I'm not very good at doing that. You heard of my suitcase. <laughs> I know it happened and I've talked to this person. I had ministered all morning and I needed to get to the toilet. That was all I could see in my focus. And all I could think of was I could just put more lipstick on as soon as I see that mirror. <laughs> I'd ministered and I'd given everything and I was so focused. And somebody said, it looked as if you didn't have time for me. And I know that that's exactly how we can look if we've got the focus of, I need to get home for my chicken, I need to this, I need to this, I need to this. And it can come across of, I didn't have time for. And I was just so thankful that they were able to say, I had something to tell you, but you weren't available. And we do our best, our life group leaders, we do our best at being available. But do you know what? That could have become a judgment. My dash, you know what it's like when you've given everything. and then, Or maybe it's you need a drink, whatever it is. I'm just so glad they had the grace to come and talk with me and ask what was going on underneath. And do you know what? They did it in the most beautiful way. They didn't say, you have no time for me, why not? They said, I was feeling this when this. And isn't that the way that Father can bring healing between relationships, healing between friendships, healing in um, married relationships too, healing within colleagues? So often it's easy to think, ah, oh, why haven't you got this document ready by this date? It was so important to me for it to be done. And yet for them, it was just another job 
that needed to be completed. Friends, this message where we let go of our offenses can transform you. It can transform your home. You can put God on display as you carry the light and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. So holding, so offense means holding something against someone. It can look like we're blaming others. It can look like we're letting other people down or we're feeling let down or we're feeling not cared for. So how do we deal with offense? I'll read to you and James shortly about how we deal with offense. But what we first must do is choose to walk in forgiveness. Every single time, every single time again. What does Jesus say when um, he's asked, how many times would you forgive? Seven times? No. Seventy times? No. Seventy times seven. We've sat around our table with young people over the past few weeks. We've done calculations as to was it going to be really 70 times seven or was that just an observation? Was that just a a number? We don't actually have to hold an account where we are only um, having this many forgiveness slips. Actually, it's a huge number because we can forgive everyone all the time. Because why? Christ first forgave us. Let me just read you this from John. It's John 20, 22. It's right after Jesus was resurrected. And he says, peace be with you as the Father sent me. Are you sent ones? Yes. Uh, as, As you have sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he said that, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Strong word, I know. But we are, to be, we are called to walk in forgiveness. I forgive you, Ryan, for when you didn't meet my expectations. I release you. I set you free from those expectations. I forgive you. Aren't they beautiful, simple words? How can we forgive? Because Christ forgives us. Of some sins? No. A little few sins? No. Of all of our sins. You may be sat here thinking, Anna, I've been a Christian 20 years. I've been a Christian 30 years. I've been a Christian all my life. I was born a Christian, however you see it. I really want to encourage you that this message of forgiveness can transform your heart today. Jackie Pullinger, she was a missionary in China in the, um, the heroin and drug stands over there. And I remember reading her book, Cracking the Wall. And I just saw something of her a few weeks ago. I was on one of your Alpha courses. People who've been on Alpha courses, I was really thankful that you invited me in. I got to pray for you and uh, pray for the Holy Spirit to fill your lives. And on that course, we watched a video and it said, Jackie Pullinger. And I thought, I remember her ministering to addicts, seeing people set free. And then it said, uh, and she came on herself and she said, to have a soft heart and hard feet. Don't get it the wrong way around. I learned from that even then, and so obviously you can think this message has been building for a few weeks even, a few months even, to have a soft heart, to go to the places. (laughs) I like to wear shoes rather than be barefoot, but each their own. Wherever you're walking, you can guard yourself. You can have shoes of the glorious gospel, peace. It talks about having shoes of peace as we go. 
also to have a soft heart, not to carry resentment, not to carry offenses, not to carry annoyances, not to carry the burdens, not to keep on worrying about whether your contents are going to spill out like my suitcase. Another thing that Jesus wants to help us with today, to set you free from today, is holding bitterness. To be bitter is to not be sweet. Do you have sweet words or are some of your words a little bit sharp? You know, bitterness looks like anger. It looks like disappointment. It looks like resentment. It looks like strongholds, destruction and betrayal. I know if I was to ask you, and I won't, has someone acted in a bitter way towards you? We could all say yes. And I could ask you the same question the other way around, and we could also all say yes. But God, what he wants to do in his mercy, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. He wants to come and let us offload the weight of our burdens. Aaron, come on up. I love these, this family. I don't know if James is here. He's got... Uh, James? Not yet. Uh, he's got two fabulous children. One of them's Miriam. One of them's Aaron. You're a great guy. God has a good plan for you. Aaron, would you be all right to do this? Aaron, are you going to hold it or are you going to put it around your leg? How do you feel comfortable? You want to put it around your leg. Mate, great. So this is about the standard of the burden I'm good at. Oh, can you not see me? Aaron, we're going to have to lift these weights and go up here. Will you help me? Okay. I win with this one. They actually, they actually are my weights from home, but I'm not fully on the hard ones yet. Aaron, would you tie that around your leg somehow? Thank you, Aaron. So, um, hmm? he could walk. How are you feeling? Could you walk around? It's a bit awkward having a bag for life around your ankle, but it works. It's not slow. He's not. He's got, he's got there. Hopefully you'll stick with me. I'm nervous to do this, but I think it's all right. Should we just go for it? Okay. Shout out the, the words if I get like a bit stuck. So here we are. Oh, thanks, Nick. Here we are. We're feeling like, um, oh, that was a bit annoying. That was a bit annoying. Someone let me down. That's a bit annoying. So yeah, here you go. You can pop that in your bag. Someone's a bit annoyed me. You walking okay? Still fine. You can still like run, jump. You can shoot some hoops, or is it going to pull you back? You all right? You're all right. Okay. Uh, someone's really offended me, and they they told me something that I didn't want to know about myself, and I feel really uncovered. Doing all right? A little bit heavier. Can you can you cope? Can you walk about? Can you live like normal? A bit awkward. Not really. You're all right. Okay. You're okay. We've got, oh, here's a good one. Feeling really angry. Uh, I really wish I hadn't said what I said in that situation. I really, I really want to not do that again, but oh, I'm so annoyed. I've been really angry. That's a good weight, that one. A few other offences, a few other hurts, a few other people who have told me that I've let them down or I'm, I'm let down with them. Come on, come this way. Oh, something weighing you down, Aaron. Or are you all right? You, it's weighing you down. 
Would you be able to walk down the stairs? You don't have to, but yeah, I don't think so. Don't do that. You're, you're getting a bit stuck. Oh, here's my heavy one, which I haven't yet got to because I'm not that strong for my workouts. How about this one, Aaron? It's no, no trouble. Lifted that one by itself, okay, but how's it going? Heavy, like a heavy weight weighing you down. Like something's tethered to you. Like it's going to be difficult to talk to people because you've got all of this in the way with somebody else. Our offences, our bitterness, our unforgiveness, the anxiety that unforgiveness causes are like strongholds where we begin to build block by block and we begin to feel separated from the Lord Jesus and from other people. Romans 8.37 says, Nothing, nothing in the whole of creation, creation, neither past nor present, nor the things that have been created so far or not yet, things above or things below, nothing in the whole of God's kingdom can separate you from the love of God. But here, we're feeling separated. All we can think about is, this weird thing that I'm carrying around with me that is stopping me from having full relationships with others. All I can think about is how sinful, how burdened, how unjust. So what do we need to do? God can turn every single thing into a testimony. How can I be sure? Because the, the blood of the lamb is the word of your testimony. Who shed blood? The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So do you need to shed blood? Do you need to get horrible uh, rubs on your ankles for carrying this round 24-7? What can we do? We can bring it. Yeah, we can get set free. We can take every single one. Every single offense, every single burden, and we can put it, are you okay to do that, at the foot of the cross. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. You can go. Yeah. You leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Aaron. You are a blessing. So I've just said to you, nothing can separate you from the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet there's things that we do that we feel like we've separated ourselves from one another or we separated ourselves from the love of God. So catch the weeds, catch the weights, catch your words before they land in your heart or another's. And if you're too slow at catching, I've got a funny story here. I was told, I was um, a little girl, eight, and I did a, what was it called, sports day competition. And I was entered for the grand race of the throwing competition. I wasn't much of a runner then. I don't know where my runner friend is today. We, we do some running, not quite like uh, Zach and Gary, but we do short distance running, so we're good at this. <laughs> and so back there when I was eight, I was entered for the um, throwing competition. I lost magnificently. The ball didn't go forwards, it went backwards. And it's always been a big joke in our family that like, my throwing skills are not great. A few weeks ago when we took the youth out, um, my daughter was, bowl yeah, she was bowling and I said, 
kind of like a bit too loud. I was like, babe, sorry, you've inherited your throwing and catching from me. And beautiful Grace said, we break that generational curse in Jesus' name. I was like, I should know so much better. But I've lived under, and that was a word right then. And I want you to know that the words that you've carried, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's wrong. Like, whoever made that up for kids to sing in the playground, you were wrong. So those words are like weights. The words we carry, the words we say, power of uh, life and death is in the tongue. This tiny little tongue. I was teasing Ryan and some, some others, and I was like, I really hope this message goes deep into people's hearts so they can live free. And he said, well, why do you say that? I was like, well, everybody's got a tongue, so hopefully this is a good word for you too. Um, so I, I just really want to tell you the power of your words. So I've never entered into any throwing activities, and I don't think at 40 it's a good point to start that. But what I'm telling you is, however and how you've been cursed, possibly held around a wound, whether it's a, about your throwing abilities, it's usually more offensive than that, though, let's just say. Whatever weight you've been dragging around upon, whichever part of you that's too much to carry now, Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Those weeds right back when I started in Matthew 13 were planted in the nighttime. I'm not saying sleeping's bad. I'm just saying keep a watch. Keep a watch over what's happening in your, well, I would say garden, but the garden of your heart. Keep a watch over what's going on in the landscape of your mind. The enemy's strategy, you could read in the previous parable, for seeds is to for them to be choked, for them to be killed, for them to get too hot or be planted in the wrong place. But God has planted you right here in the church at Revival Fires. And he has a good plan for your life. He has a plan where there will be much fruit and fruit that remains. Your heart is an overflow of life, that you too can be fruitful, you can be abundant, you can walk in forgiveness and have a life of love and freedom, that people can see the Lord Jesus Christ on display in your life. I talked about watching our words. James 3 has every instruction you need. Read that in your quiet time this week. We're encouraged to maturity. We're encouraged to bridle our tongue. We're encouraged that the rudder that could set the direction of a ship. We're encouraged in James that to watch our words, to watch who we're speaking about. Don't let another have a tingling ear. Let them know that you're speaking well of another, that you're speaking well of many, that you are being spoken well of. I love meeting people, and if I've heard something about them before, I always want to say, so good to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. And what will they always say? Good things, I hope. And it will only be good things that I want to talk with them about. So... Jesus, he's concerned with the condition of your heart. He's concerned with the outer shell, your suitcase, so to speak. He's concerned about what's going on right beneath where nobody else can see. He's concerned that you don't grow in bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness. And he's calling you towards him. Jesus was sent to us to forgive us 
And so, like I read in John, he sends you to forgive others so that we no longer hold anything against others. Well, that's all well and good if I was to call you forward today to kneel, to repent, which means to turn away from, to be forgiven, and to release the forgiveness of Father. But what I want to do now is to give you the keys so that whenever you're in a situation, you too can be one who releases forgiveness to yourself. That's a difficult one sometimes. And to others, which also can be a difficult one. But with the grace of God, we can do that. Forgiveness offers freedom to us and to the one who wronged us. In Proverbs 17.9, it says, it urges us to cover and forgive offenses. Otherwise, it leads to isolation and separation. Friends, we want you to be covered and forgiven, to be a covering, and to walk in forgiveness. We don't want ones isolated and separated. We believe that the body of Christ you gathered this morning, you're like living stones built together from the great cornerstone, Jesus himself. You'll find that in the books of 1 and 2 Peter. So Jesus urges us today to step out of the prison, the brick by brick prison, the word by word prison, the weights of our burdens, the words, the worries. So we can step out, we can be unbound, and that we can walk in the freedom that God has for us so that you, we can fulfill the call of God. Jesus He was blameless. He was meek. He was righteousness. He didn't need to put across his side of the story. Oh, how he longed to be more like Jesus. He didn't defend himself, even look at his life right before he was crucified. He didn't need to do a thing. He trusted in his relationship with the Father. And we can do the same. Maybe this is a new message for you. In a moment, after, um, we'll move into prayer. And then after that, I do want to say, if there's those of you who feel like you've created a prison and of, or a wall around your heart and the Lord has never been allowed in, I want to give you the opportunity to meet him for the first or to meet him again in a new way. And it is his kindness which leads us to repentance. So I told you already that we have a choice. There is power of life and death within our tongue. Yep, you can feel the tongue right now in your mind, in your mouth, that you hold a tongue, you hold power. Am I right? You're a powerful person. Uh, We know that our words can bring life. They can lift up or they can destroy. So what you say, you eventually become. For out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouths speak. I want to take you on a journey through James, and there is a confession prayer there that has got five points that I want us to go through and to pray. I trust that while I've been talking, Holy Spirit's been illuminating things in your heart. Maybe the magnifying glass has been shone upon certain places. Maybe he's given you the vision into the future to see the long-range plan that God has for you. In James 5, 16... Sorry, first of all, in James 1, it says, Understand this, my beloved ones. Let every man, woman, be quick to hear, be a ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and slow to get angry. 
in our 24-7 lives, we're in a bit of a rush, aren't we? But right now, I believe that there is a slowness of the Lord that's coming upon us in this moment where we can step into the forgiveness and breaking free from mindsets, breaking free from offenses, breaking free from parts of us we're ashamed that we leaked. So that was James 1. And now in James 15, it says this. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, Confess your sin to one another. Pray for another that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person has great power in its workings. In another version, which we're going to go through as we take a five-point prayer through this, right from the scripture. But first, when I began to ask God how he wanted to minister to you this morning, he showed me something. I'm not very technical, This shows because there's a lot of my personal IT stuff that needs a software update. I'll do it when I'm ready, okay? And I felt that this was a word for you, friends. Maybe you're technical, maybe you're not, but it's a heart word. Maybe your heart's been waiting for a software update, a softening. Maybe you've pressed dismiss and you've thought, I'll do it in my own time, like me and my iPad. (laughs) It's not going to work if I don't click okay is it it's not going to work our tech stuff isn't going to work if we don't accept the software update our hearts are going to get heavy clunky that we're going to start dragging around weights we shouldn't be if we don't accept the softening of God into our hearts so that he can make us have soft tender hearts where his great fruit can grow That makes sense to you, doesn't it? I don't need to go over that one. So you've got a choice. You can accept the invitation, you can dismiss it, or you can accept it. And our heart, as we prayed this morning, is that you will accept the invitation to receive forgiveness from God. Another version of James 16 um, says, Confess to one another your faults, your slip-ups, your false steps and offences. Pray for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual rightness with God. Your earnest, your heartfelt prayer makes tremendous power available. How? Because it reconnects you with the Holy Spirit and it offers you a dynamic, dunamis power of God. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.